Welcome to the Jammiest Bits of Jam Storytelling Podcast, where we write short stories, rough drafts really, based on a theme and given on a dare. We're your hosts, Christina Kishwa and Cassie Soliday. And we're back. So, it's been a week. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Mm, good. My story is kind of crazy and slightly, like, it's the theme, but in a kind of, like, it's it's the theme in a very, spe- in a very specific way, but also a roundabout type of way. Interesting. So, we'll see how that yeah. goes. And the ending's not my favorite. It's not your favorite. No, but I put in an ending for the podcast, but I'll probably change it. Hmm. That's good to know. Yeah. That's good for you to know, at least. Because I wanted it to be, like, I wanted... It was going to take too long for me to try and have a perfect ending. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this ending. Uh-huh. It's fine. It's not what I want, but it's fine. And then we'll change it later. Nice. I mean, it might be one of those things where you need to just sit on it for a while and then it'll come to you later. You're like, yes, that's the ending. Yeah. So I was hoping in the last few days after I wrote it that that would happen, but nothing's happened. <laughs> <laughs> But it's been busy, so. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. So your theme was. Florist with a failing business. Cool. So really specific. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very. It's very on point. Mm-hmm. But like also in a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I can't wait to see. Or I can't wait to hear what you wrote. Okay. So let's dive right in. Okay. Okay. The earth is gone. Humans finally had to evacuate. Everything got too gross down there. We don't even want to talk about it. Now they live in a large space station. I mean, station sounds kind of arbitrary. Space lifestyle is more like it. Humans never had it so good. Don't ask why there are only 250 million people on the space lifestyle. We don't talk about that either. Does it really matter? 250 million is a lot of people. Like, it's good enough. I mean, when the station launched 150 years ago, they only had 4 million people, so, you know... We're all just trying to live our best life here on the station. Shelley was one of these people. She lived her whole life in Sector 12. Sector 12 is modeled after both New York City and San Francisco. Her mom raised her in an adorable apartment above the flower shop she ran on the corner where Fisherman's Wharf and Central Park meet. The flower shop is special. It's the only legitimate flower shop in Sector 12. Her mom used real soil. It's a small shop, but it's busy because it's the only place you'll find real tulips and roses, the genuine thing. 
Shelly's mom also didn't talk about how she always had real soil. She never used the synthetic stuff you can get at any home garden facility. The synthetic stuff got the job done, though. Mostly. Sure, sometimes your flowers would smell of rot, or there'd be some weird pus-filled sack that might eventually explode and splatter acid all over your living room. But never in Shelly's apartment. Flowers grew as they were meant to, and they died as they were meant to. Now that Shelly's mother had died, it was her job to grow the flowers. Only problem is, Shelly doesn't know how. Her mom had a green thumb, as the people on Earth used to say. Shelly can attest her mom did not actually have a green thumb, because she had the same color thumb as Shelly. Now, three days after her space viking funeral, Shelly stood outside the door of her mother's green room. She had never been inside it before. Her mother expressly forbid it. Then you'll know my secret, dear, and then what will I have to call my very own? Ashley slid the keycard into the reader. She heard a whoosh, and the door slid open smoothly. The greenhouse stood behind the building that held their apartment and the flower shop. It was actually green, Shelley would often note, unlike her mother's thumb. It was a place of so much mystery and whimsy in her life, she was almost disappointed when the lights flickered on, and it looked just like those greenhouses from Earth's history that she would see on her info tablet. The place was beautiful, though, lush with healthy, vibrant flowers. Any flower you could think of was in there, even some Shelley had never seen before in her mother's shop, including a batch that grew down the catwalk from her. These flowers were her favorite color, purple, but they were so much more than purple. They glittered like jewels. The glow they emitted pulsed through Shelley's heart. She was drawn toward them. They were so beautiful. She let her hand float up to touch a purple pulsating petal when suddenly a large clang tore her from her trance. It came from behind her. Something small and shimmery moved in the leaves of a daisy bush not ten feet from her. She didn't know how to react. In no version of her first time being in this hollowed room had she imagined she wouldn't be alone. So she did as we all do when something moves, when we're not expecting anything to. She said, Hello? The sound of tiny bells dance in the humid air. Suddenly, those glittering flowers started to glow brighter. She forgot the little bells and made her way slowly to the glowing purple flowers. They smelled incredible. She was overtaken by the scent almost becoming lightheaded. In the center of the batch of flowers were some unopened buds. They glowed the brightest, and any person would just assume by context clues this was their moment to open up to the world. She lowered her face down to watch. Her mother had never said anything about this. Shelley knew the basics of plant care, but she was wholly unprepared for the magic glowing variety. The bells began to chime again, but they were all around her and getting louder. Again, she asked, Hello? And then the first bud sprung open. Inside, there was a small green person? A child? She stepped back quickly. What the actual? Another green person flew past her face, about the size of the palm of her hand. He waved at her as he made his way down to the child who was opening her eyes slowly. She heard a whisper in her ear. Will you hold out your palm, Shelley? Shelley, without thinking, did as she was told. A beautiful green woman with tiny but glorious wings flew down and landed on her hand. 
Hello, Shelley. It's with great sadness that we meet. Your mother will be missed, but as you see, life must continue on. Shelley's mother was eccentric and strange. It was like she was two people. Some days, Shelley would feel so much love and warmth from her, but then other days, it was like she was living with a hollow version of her. Someone cold and resentful. Shelley knew she got that from her grandmother, who was the last of them to live on Earth, and who built the greenhouse in a synthetic environment, but was known throughout the station as the witch with the flowers, neglecting her own daughter and spending days at a time in here. Shelley's mother did that, too. She wouldn't see her for days. She'd be in here, with the flowers and these... What are you? I won't bore you with what we call ourselves. For humans such as yourself, we are called fairies. Her head was spinning. Was it the realization she was having that supernatural creatures exist while standing on a spaceship the reason? Or was that beautiful scent maybe also drugging her? I would tell you true what is fact, my girl. Your grandmother was beloved on earth by the fairies for her way with the flowers. When the planet began to die, we made ourselves known to her and begged her to allow us to accompany her to the stars, and in exchange we would continue growing her flowers with our... Shelley finished her sentence for her. Green thumbs. The fairy smiled and nodded. When your grandmother died, we turned to your mother. And now, Shelley, we turn to you. What? What would you need from me? Well, half of your soul, for starters. Shelley snaps out of it. Say what now? Not to worry. We've made it easier by taking away the decision-making part for you, dear. It's required of you. The process has already begun. You will now share souls with your grandmother, the one who knows the fairy ways. But my grandmother was a bitch. She was a horrible, miserable monster. Shelley is barely grasping this. She feels so weak. She was useful, and with half of her soul, your mother also became useful, and now you will be useful too. The fairy flies from her hand and watches her from above, reveling in the soul exchange. Shelley falls to her knees. She feels something being pulled from her, from deep inside. Shelley has a three-year-old daughter and a husband that she loves dearly. She would not turn into the lonely, sexless crone her grandmother did, and she will not let her daughter feel one moment of the loneliness she felt from her childhood. She reaches over with a shaking hand and grabs a handful of glowing flowers by the stem and yanks them out by the roots. The fairy screams in anger. What have you done? Shelley looks at the already wilting flowers in her hand. She feels much better. If you do not complete the soul transfer and replant those roots, you have destined all natural flowers and my people to extinction. Shelley throws the roots on the ground and stomps on them with her boot. I've never been one for flowers anyway. I prefer chocolates. She turns and walks out of the greenhouse. When she exits, she presses a code on the door pad and it turns red. Locked. She takes out her phone and dials her husband. Hey, honey. Just calling to say I love you. I'm going to pick up Rose from daycare early, and I thought we could enjoy a day in the park. No. I think I've had a change of heart about synthetic plants. See you soon. She smiles as she heads out into the synthetic sunlight, not noticing the small green child currently snoozing in the curls of her messy bun.
Please. <laughs> Did not see it going there. <laughs> uh, definitely. Okay. <laughs> so tell me about how you went from florist with a failing business to this. Well, I love sci-fi. And I love the... I've always been interested in the idea of, like, what humans would do or where we would go if we had to leave Earth. And then I was thinking, like, what if you ran a a flower shop on a space station? Hmm. But then everything is synthetic. So how do the flower... How do you grow the flowers? And then I was like, what if... When the earth starts dying, like, mystical creatures, like fairies, come out of the woodwork and they're like, yo, this is our earth too, it's dying, we have to go with you. Um, So that was, like, kind of the start of, like, basically how, what would it be like to find a mystical fairy tale creature on a space station and then I was like but what do they do like what's the story and then I decided to make them I don't know I don't know why I made them like um uh, malevolent but I guess they're not really malevolent in that, like... I mean, kind of. They wanted to, uh... I mean, they took away... take away her choice and make Yeah, they took they away her, her choice, to. but that's, like, what they thought they had to do to save themselves. Mm-hmm. Which... So you're sympathizing. I guess. With the bad guys <laughs> in your story. I mean, I think I would make the same decision as she did. She, you know, the decision to, like, kill the fairy kind... And not have real flowers ever again in all of existence. Mm. It's yeah. a big deal. And she made it very quickly for the love of her family. Yeah. I did like the reveal because she just told them how she doesn't like real flowers. She yeah. will not help them. And then she calls her husband and you find out her daughter's name is Rose. Yes. And yes. so it's obvious that she did yeah and then like at the end it may not be obvious but on the other end of the phone he's i'm imagining him saying something like oh i thought you didn't like because everything in the park is synthetic so it's like i thought you didn't like the park because it's synthetic and she says i've changed my mind on synthetic Mm. plants yeah um but then it's like the end Ew, or is it? <laughs> you got a little fairy. Yeah, I do, I do like that. And I'm curious to what, because you had mentioned before you started telling us the story that, like, the ending is, you know, temporary. Yeah. Do, do you think you'd still have the little stowaway? I think so. I think if I were to do the stowaway, it's kind of almost like the beginning of a bigger story. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly write this into a pilot because i think it would be really fun well i mean i think it's like the seed to like something really cool it's already cool but like something even cooler well because it'd be like now i'm imagining her daughter finding the fairy and then becoming friends with the fairy Mm. would the fairy like secretly want to manipulate the girl or would they truly be friends 
They'd be friends. But then what's the conflict? The daughter wants to save the fairies, but the mom doesn't. Oh, that's a good point. And that's tough because, like, you love your mom. Your mom exactly. loves your daughter. And you don't agree with on this one thing. I could see that. But then, within this one strife, this one conflict, Shelly, the mom, ends up being a self-fulfilling prophecy because she won't budge on this issue so she becomes distant from her daughter which is what she fought the fairies against so no matter what she chose this was going to be the outcome that's intriguing Eh, you know maybe i will write a pilot please do (laughs) (laughs) please do but yeah it's a fun one right yeah because it could go a lot of different ways it was really fun to listen to. Thanks. I like that you inserted, like, your curiosity as, like, what if this was a thing? How would I feel? Yeah. You know? I mm-hmm. mean, I think good writers do that in general, you know? Yeah. Cool. So, in a kind of, like, an overview, we're on the second half of the season. So, like, where does this kind of land in your favorite stories you've written so far? I don't see this one as, like, a whole, so... This one is probably one that I'm going to keep working on. Because there's certain ones that I see as, like, they're done, you know, mm-hmm. that I love. But I like this one because there's a lot of potential with it. A lot of future stuff that I could do with it. So, doesn't really answer your question, but that's my answer. Yeah, it's a good answer. Yeah. Whatever you would say is a good answer. Because it's how you truly feel. You know? What about you? What about me? Oh, my favorite story? Yeah. I think the shapeshifter one. Yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, like you say, has a lot of potential. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't think it's finished. Uh Uh-huh. But I definitely think it's something I will go back to. So, now you have to dare me to write something next week. Okay. I dare you to (laughs) write a story about a fallen angel. Cool. I'm on it, Chief. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. And thanks to everyone for hanging out with us on yet another week of the jammiest bits of jam. Keep writing, y'all. Keep it going. Keep it going for the jammiest bits. Woo. Assuming you are all applauding right now. <laughs> they are. They are. They are. They are. Sometimes it's a jammy bit of jam, and sometimes it's a failure. But we have a first draft of a story we didn't have before. What will you write next? We dare you to write your own short story based on the theme, Florist with a Failing Business. Like this episode? Share it! Like us on social media, or write us a review on iTunes. It helps us reach more like-minded writers like you. Follow us on Facebook at Jammiest Bits of Jam Podcast and Twitter at Jammiest Bits. Jammiest Bits of Jam is produced by Christina Kishma and Cassie Soliday. Music by Grace Sai. Until next time, keep writing and embracing the most important thing you have, your voice. <laughs>